Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You know very well who you are Don't let them hold you down before the start You had a goal, but not that many Cause you're the only one I'll give you good going to do our best to make you feel real good. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the show once again. This is your girl, TJ, with LL Sports 2, and we are a sports show for everyone, but we do cater to the novice female sports fans because we are trying to help educate the ladies on the fundamentals of baseball, basketball, and football. All right. When do we do that? Well, let me go ahead and run down the the housekeeping for you. One, uh, well, we do it every Wednesday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and there are several ways for you to join the show. One, we want you to pick up your telephone and dial 347-826-7924. You can log on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Sports 2 or you can catch us live and in living color, as they will be doing here shortly. Tina D. Jackson is the name and Facebook Live. That is the new game. Yes, it is. What is it, Facebook, YouTube? Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a joke. I can't think of all the, the new streaming lines and, 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 and options and everything that we have, but there are plenty, plenty and many. All right. <laughs> but, again, just join us on one of those platforms each and every Wednesday night, 8 to 10 p.m., and you will be in for a doozy, all right? Don't forget to follow the show. Go to that homepage, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Sports 2 Click on the follow link. Make sure to activate your email. Otherwise, your name and number won't be counted. Or you can find us live and in living color, uh, iTunes. All right, so just go to your iTunes account. Click on the subscribe link, and it is just that easy. All right, so let's see, on my mind tonight, well, we're wrapping up the last dance, but they are giving us just a little bit more, just a little bit. All right, tonight, uh, 9 p.m. on ESPN, they will be airing the 1998 finals, NBA finals, of the Jazz versus the Utah, um, I'm sorry, (laughs) the Utah Jazz versus the Chicago Bulls, game six, and it's called The Movie. So they're supposed to be having, I guess, some behind the, you know, behind the scenes footage. A couple of, um, 
I guess added um, added audio from the actual game, um, Marv Albert calling the game, Isaiah Thomas, and so forth. So uh, I'm just excited to see what it is. I'm not ready for it to be over. Let me tell you, when t- time flies, okay? Time just surely does fly. But um, these last five weeks, man, man, that's all I can say. But at least they gave us 10 great episodes. I hope you recorded it. I'm sure they're going to be selling it soon, and you could just, you know, binge on, on the last dance. But let's go ahead. We're going to jump into uh, the rundown tonight, and then we will jump into our first break. And then on the outside of the break, we will be bringing in the ladies of LL Sports 2. And I think I think uh, I thought we were going to be the, the uh, dynamic duo tonight, but I think we will be the Gleason Threesome. Still not uh, the fearsome four, but uh, everybody, please keep Janelle in your prayers um, and keep her lifted, all right, as she um, recovers and and gets through this period, okay? So uh, what's on the rundown tonight? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I'm ready to tell you right now, okay? So again, Last Dance, episode 9 and 10, It's it's a wrap, it's done, but we must talk about it. And now, who is trying to have the last word on the last dance? Hmm. So you have something to say now. We will talk about that and who all has something to say. Some people uh, were able to view the the last dance. In case you didn't know this, I'll just throw out this little caveat here before we, um, you know, jump into it. But um, everyone who was involved in, well, let me not say everyone. There were certain people who had the advantage of watching the uh, all episodes before it aired to us, the public. And... Yes, Scottie Pippen was one of them, and supposedly didn't have a problem when he first saw it. Okay, I'll leave it right there. Um, Has the Rooney Rule in the NFL become a joke? Uh, Hopefully we will be able to get to that. Of course, NBA, NFL, Major League League Baseball, News and Notes, Wednesday, Wikipedia, Lucinda's Lyric, T-Day's Motivational Moment. Oh, you already know. Nothing has changed but the date on the calendar. All right, we got another jam-packed show for you. So you make sure to stick and stay because the ladies will want to play in just a few moments. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break. And then on the outside of this, we will be bringing the ladies in, and we will be diving right into it, the last dance, the final episode, who's saying what to who and why. Woo, I can't wait to get into it. This is the first break. This is LL Sports 2 with who? DJ. And the ladies will be coming up right after the break. Let's get it. Baby, it's been a while. Baby, 
back. That's very gratifying to come from Wilmington, North Carolina, and never been in Chicago. That became my home and became a part of my history. My passion on the basketball court should have been infectious because that's how I tried to play. I played for them. Started with hope. Started with hope. We went from a team to one of the all-time best dynasty. All you needed was one little match to start that whole fire. What? One little match to start that whole fire. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. And that uh, tune, you'll be hearing from him again, Maxwell, celebrating a birthday this week. But right now we heard from him, the man, the myth, the legend, MJ Michael Jordan wrapping up the last dance episodes 9 and 10 and now we will be bringing in the ladies of the show it is the Gleesome Threesome in the house Aunt Lou Terry how y'all doing tonight blessed blessed how y'all ladies doing good evening ladies how are you I'm blessed and highly favored wonderful Terry yes. is so good huh? We did. We, we it was the, the the jury was out. We didn't know if it was gonna be the, the dynamic duo or the Gleason threesome. It's the Gleason threesome in the house. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know it either. But no, as TJ said, let's get it. <laughs> it's all right. I, I thank you for your perseverance. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. All right, ladies. So uh, it's a wrap. It's, nine and ten are in the book. Uh, Man, can you believe how quickly these five weeks went by? It went no. by quick. I know, I know. Okay, and so this is actually kind of good because, um, and, and I, I want you ladies to be honest, because I know that, now, Terry, you had seen um, episodes one and two, but um, before The Last Dance aired, on a scale of one to ten, what was your enthusiasm level of watching The Last Dance? Um Hey, Lou, let's start with you. Scared of 1 to 10, watching all 10 episodes? Well, before it aired. So your thoughts before it aired. Oh, I wasn't that enthusiastic about it because, like, I didn't follow Michael Jordan, baby. My boy was magic. I I loved the MJ, but it wasn't Michael Jordan. It was Magic Johnson. So uh, I really didn't know anything about him. This was a, a lot of... Is this was all learning for me so much new I learned so much in these ten uh episodes uh because I didn't know too much about him because I was wondering how you know I didn't know too much about Reggie Miller I didn't know too much about uh uh what's the boy's name uh the last one they played Utah Jazz Malone and, you know I saw him out there and stuff but I didn't know you know what kind of history he and uh, Rotman had et cetera et cetera so I learned a lot so going okay, in I probably say it might have been three or four okay right. Okay. Terry, what was what was your uh enthusiasm level? I would say I would probably say about a three because first of all, when you asked me about it, it was like, you know, had I even heard about the documentary and I was like, No, that was my first time hearing it so I didn't mm-hmm. know what to expect. So I would say probably around a um two or three. Right. Okay. Like, overall, all right. And I was I was feeling that, that was your enthusiasm level. I knew it was under five. I just didn't know at to what degree. Okay. So, Aunt Lou, you go, you kind of already dived into where I was going next. Um, but after I an hour, having, 
the ten episodes. So what um, since you had you know didn't have that that high of expectations or you know a, a level of interest into it, what was your just your biggest takeaway from just the whole overall um, you know o- o- overall docu series? So Aunt Lou, you kind of mentioned that you know you didn't know much about Reggie Miller and and Carl Malone and such, but you know what what was just your overall takeaway from the from the docu series? My overall takeaway was just the, the, the type of person that Michael Jordan was, because I really didn't know too much about him. And, uh, you know, he was just what he stood for. I mean, he set the um, uh, bar and he set the pace for all these other players to come along. Because, like I said, I guess on the east side they weren't, they was, you know, they weren't as uh, accepted and respected like Magic and all those people was, you know, on the west side. <laughs> And so I think with Michael Jordan, uh, with with everything that he did, he brought respect to the East Side, and uh, you know, and and just respect him as a person. He's a uh, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy. He really is. And uh, you know, he he, he really marched. Yeah, that he's a one of a kind. You know, like uh, Steve Kerr had said that you know he's he didn't you know hang out with everybody and all that because he was just his own person. I just want to hear him talk about Jesus a little bit more, but I ain't hear it. But anyway, I'm praying for that. But um, but he's just, you know, he, he set the bar and and he didn't settle, and he, you know, he, he proved that you can you can do anything. You put your mind to it, you know, and and uh, you know, and and stand, you know, stand for something. So he did stand for something. I mean, he just he he, he was a perfectionist at whatever he did, you know, and uh, but he did it in a way where. Uh, you know, he did it in a way where it didn't hurt people and stuff, you know, like some people do. So, I mean, I'm just really impressed with him, to be honest with you. I love him in those suits. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He get those suits. <laughs> Blue, beige, gray, black, purple, gray. The up, man Jay? just wore the suit. <laughs> I see you, Jay. What's going on, Brian? I see Kim in the house. Ike, what's going on with you? My brother, Denise Green, as always, holding down that fort. Thomas in the house. Thank y'all. So it's all right, Chris. Hey, you late just to hear, okay? Kelly Johnson, Bobby Sherry, thank y'all so much for tuning in to the show tonight. Don't forget, 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies. If you want to chime in with us, um, either on the phone line, hit us up on the timeline, all right? However, we don't care how you get here. Just get here when you can, okay? <laughs> all right. So, Terry, what you, like I said, didn't have too much expectation going or watching it going in. So what was, what's your overall thoughts on, on the last day? Overall, Michael Jordan, just looking back, because, you know, I used to watch Michael Jordan back in the day, but uh-huh. just, you know, just looking at him play just really showed that he is the GOAT of all time. Mm-hmm. He's the GOAT of all time. And that, you know, the type of ball that he played, I didn't like as much as the, to me, he was kind of like a bully. You know, okay. he was like, okay, you do this to me, then I'm going to get you back. So don't turn mm-hmm. your back because I'm going to get you, you know. But <laughs> overall, I just love his style of ball. Um, mm-hmm. And when I watched, I looked at, um, I think, Carl Malone. Okay. He just showed me how, how dirty of a ball that he played. I mean, he just played some dirty balls. Really? Uh, you know, know. Yeah, he tripping and he was. I think it was uh, what's it uh? Oh shoot, I forgot the guy's name. How he just Rodman. put him up on the floor and you know and just did it, Rodman. Just okay. caught him, you know, and just 
tangled him up and just, you know, all kind of stuff. And he would just, you know, just Dennis, so did it. <laughs> he just, you know, just go hard at it. But overall, I was glad that I did watch the document and I'll watch it again because my husband and I, we've been watching it together. We recorded on a Sunday and then we'll watch it on Monday. And okay. so, um, but overall, I've really, really enjoyed the uh, series and I'm glad you guys mentioned it because otherwise I would have never known anything about it. Gotcha. Oh, that is so wonderful. Shout out to Tim Wilcox in the house. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Elder Tim. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. What's up, Tori Fields? In the house. But, um, again, thank y'all so much for tuning in to the show. So, I, but ladies, I'm telling you, I'm just so happy that, that it was, um, you know, that you got, uh, that you were enthused about it. And, and the fact that, you know, you learned so much about Michael. Um, everybody knows, you know, I am Chicago. Uh, Bulls, then uh, I'm trying to hold on to the fandomship now, but if this has done nothing else for me, it has just rejuvenated my love for them, and I am okay with living in the past. So I think I'm actually going to have to go out and purchase me like a new shirt, uh, a jacket or something. It's going to have to be old, so I can't, because I don't even know none of the players on the, on the squad right now. Can't even lie to you. But um, but it just it just renewed my love for the Chicago Bulls. Um, and just the fact of giving, because uh, there's a lot of people, you know, they're, they're either LeBron era or Kobe era. Um, if you're in the Kobe era, you probably did see Jordan. Maybe you just didn't like him, whatever. But if nothing else, this just gave you a glimpse of what it was like to be a basketball fan, um, you know, in the late 80s, all through the 90s. Um, just the, the domination that the Bulls had over the 90s, it was uh, – I say it over and over again, it was just a wonderful trip down memory lane. And I just, the fact that I could remember where I was at, what I was doing at certain, you know, moments, good or bad, um, you know, with, with what was going on with the team and, you know, with Michael, with Scotty, uh, you know, going through the transition of, of the second three-peat. You know, he had the new cast of characters come in, but just picking up right where they left off. Um, I just, man, it was. Uh, I, I'm I'm just so thankful that Michael agreed to finally do it. You know, 97, 98, and um, the uh, producers and and everyone who shot that that film, that footage, you know, they said that Michael would be the one to determine if we ever saw it. So I just thank Michael for finally, whatever his reason was, for finally, you know, be willing to to let us see the the behind the scenes of him and and the team. I'm just uh, I'm so thankful for it. So. Um, with that, ladies, so uh, just your overall thoughts on episodes 9 and 10. Anything surprised you? Um, what you learn? Or? Yes. Um, I agree with Miss Terry. I feel I feel like that uh, Michael was a bully. I, I feel like that, you know, after I've watched him and everything. But, you know, and I, and so, and I guess somewhat it played off. I mean, it, it paid off, I guess. But I, I don't think that he had the closeness that he could have had if he had been a little nicer, I think, you know. But because they, they, they stuck together. That one thing about it, they were like glue when it was when they were on that court. They played together, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it wasn't like that uh, 
They was always unified on the court. I mean, even Robin, Lord, Robin running does his thing. I'll tell you about that boy. I learned some things about him, too. But um, but uh, but they played as a team, but I think that they could have been close in real life because I just think about the fathers, the parallels of the, both uh, Curry and, and Michael losing their father. That could have been something where maybe they could have cried together and stuff. But but he did have a little compassion because he cried when uh, his dad died to um, the, the the man that uh, his um, – his his a uh, security guy. What's his name? Uh, Gus. Gus. He opened yeah. up the. He, yeah, he was like a second father. So that kind of. I, I was looking for a little compassion and a little tenderness from Michael, and I I got some. But he just, like I said, he just his private life. He just didn't air that, you know, on TV and stuff. And that's a good thing, you know. Uh, I you know to a certain degree, but it's okay to show some emotions and feelings sometimes. So um. But it was just so much. I, I, you know, I couldn't write about everything because it was so much. But mm-hmm. it, what really got me in, in episode nine was, um, you know, uh, that that kid because I didn't write about him that uh, Michael was having problems with. Michael just be cussing people out. He just loses his brain, don't he? Um, what's that kid's name? I know the boy. No, the the tall, the black guy. He's a young kid, and he told Michael he had a kid. You had to quit on me. Out of case, he's out of beat you. <laughs> you know the kid. He was a kid that he was playing when Michael had retired the first time. He said, "If you hadn't, you know," he said, "Cause I would have beat you if you had stayed in there." And Michael had filed that away. He just vengeance his mind. I will replace this, the Lord. They called the boy Black Jesus, so he just thought he was above and beyond everybody else. So that was a little idolatry there going on, a little pride. And so, um, but but yeah, but um, Michael just, you know, he anybody that, that said anything he didn't like, he just he just you know, just you know, he went after them, you know, and, and all that wasn't necessary, you know, but. That's that was Michael, you know. Yeah. And so, um, and so I, um, you know, just just all the things that he opened the doors for that really uh, blessed my heart, and some of that is in my lyrics, uh, you know, with, with opening up for NBA to be in all these different places, and wow. um, you know, and so he just like I said, he was uh, he was used as a as a as an instrument to. Uh, to 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 cross some boundaries and open some doors, you know, and stuff like that. And the thing about it is, he's black. He wasn't like a light skinned basketball player. The boy is black, chocolate black, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you see in his, his face all over the billboards board, and stuff like that. So you either gonna love him or you gonna hate him. And so and and so he had the attitude with like, I could take you or leave you. And and you know, and I guess people, when you get like that, then you know they realize that this dude, he ain't got no insecurity. So we just need to get on the bandwagon or not, you know what I mean? And then right. another thing with him, um, you know, I, I like the he he didn't just give in to the press whenever they asked him something. He was just like, we'll wait and see. He, he never disclosed anything until he was ready to do it. He was his own man. I respect him in that being his own man. He didn't kiss nobody's butt. You know, he probably should have been paid way more than what he, you know, he was paid. But it's like you always got to use these people that pay the way and open the doors like the Dr. King, you know, what he did, and, you know, and other people. And they don't always, you know, get the money they deserve. But then it's like but they sit, they leave uh, uh, opportunities for other for the other people, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I like that. So that's, okay. And then in yeah, and, so, and you know, like I said, teen. I mean, it was just so much. I mean, Rodman when he went to went, went to the to Rousel, <laughs> right. who died in the middle of the game? You know, it's like, dude, where you going? 
because I, I kept it, whenever I was watching it, I was looking, and he was always had this this this, this look on his face, you know, just silent. I say, Rob has got to be doing something else. He's just too quiet. And then, and lo and behold, in episode ten. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, it was it was really good. It really was. I mean, I I, I enjoyed it, and I wish you know I was. It's kind of like a it was like a soap opera or something. So they could you know have something like that going on, um, you know, again because it was really good with another player. You know, they could write about you know someone else. Well, we know Michael Jordan with the with the repeat. I mean, yeah, the the, the two uh, three peats. But um, it was it was really good. I'm, I'm glad that I watched it. Learned a lot. What makes you spend a touched on a lot of uh, my points and uh when uh Michael and uh Reggie Miller, you know, they was playing you know, he was like he black Jesus, uh or he called him the black cat and black cat, said yeah. he'd walk on water. Yeah, he'd walk on water. And you know, mm-hmm. when Jordan and, and uh Reggie Miller was out there playing ball, Michael looked like he was trying to scratch his eye out, you know? And uh, Reggie was determined to, they was determined to win because he said, you know, if they went back to Chicago, um, it would, that would be like a death sentence, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, uh, the sad part, as Ms. Lucinda said, you know, the fact that, you know, Michael's dad had died, you know, in the uh, last series. Um, and then, you know, Steve Kerr, his dad died. And then the, security guard of Michael's, then he turned around and died, you know, from cancer. So that was sad. But overall, uh, I really enjoyed Like I say, I will watch it again. And if I had to give, you know, from a scale of zero to ten, I'll give it a ten. Because, you know, it took you back down memory lane. You can see, you know, uh, all the excitement that's going on. And, you know, the real Michael Jordan, you know, right. his, his uh, style of basketball and, you know, with the Nice suit. I said, "Well, he got the suit on. The suit bigger than he is, you know. But he, you know, he was sharp. You know, he was sharp. He was sharp no matter where he go. And you know, he was just like, um, I am who I am. You're not going to change me. You know, he just nonchalant about things. Not that yeah. he was being disrespectful. He was just like, you know, you're not going to make me be someone that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I am Michael Jordan, and I'm gonna represent Michael Jordan. You know, right. you either like it or you don't." But overall, I would give it a 10, and I'm glad that um, I was on your show to hear it. Yay! I am so and glad. I would, I would give it a 10 as well, too. I didn't rate it, but I would give it a 10 or 10 plus, something like that. All right. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. Please some threesome in the house. Reginald Johnson, I see you in the house. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And there was some Brian, best friend Riley. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Emojis, I'm telling you, it's okay to come on over to the to the bull side. Come on over to, to the bull side. I know you want to be a bull fan. <laughs> but we are recapping the uh, docu-series, The Last Dance, talking about just the overall thoughts on the whole docu-series and uh, specifically episodes 9 and 10, since that's what we were just able to, um, you know, enjoy. Um, I, as far as 9 and 10 goes, I am glad that we are finally able to put to rest that Michael Jordan did not push off on Brian Russell, okay? Everybody, they want to say that, it, you know, he pushed, uh, pushed him out the way and that's how he got wide open. No, his momentum was taking him in that direction, okay? All Michael did was just put a little pat up. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a tap. It was a, a puff. 
his hand barely uh-huh. grazed that man. And uh, his, uh, it was his yep. momentum that was taking him, uh, you know, to, to the to the left side there. But um, it was just, you know, I really just wish that could have been Michael's final moment on the basketball court. You know, I understand why he got came back out of retirement and played with the Wizards. You know, he wanted to be in ownership. He was trying to get um, the, the um, you know, viewership, and he was trying to get the fans, you know, into the stadium so that, you know, it would be a, a profitable team to to try to acquire. But I just really wish that that could have been just that final image of him hitting the shot, going off in, you know, into into – just basketball lore, winning his sixth championship. But, okay, neither here nor there. Um, but just really wish that. Uh, glad that we finally clarified the flu game, and we do know that it was food poisoning. I remember hearing uh, little, you know, rumors about that, and quiet as a kept, people have always had bad things to say about fans in Utah, situations like that happening, whether um, things happen at the hotel, whether with the visiting team plays, or stays, I'm sorry, um, you know, situations like that. Uh, we all know what happened recently with Russell Westbrook in Utah, where the fan uh, thought it was his right to, put, to lay hands on Russell Westbrook. So um, Utah has never really had a good reputation as far as how they keep, you know, visiting uh, visiting teams. I'm glad that we were able to clear that up. Um, I, you know, I've said it from the beginning, Scotty is, Scotty is my man. My, that's my dude. I've always been a Scotty Pippen fan. Not too sure about how I feel about, um, I guess, how they highlighted his most um, weakest or, or, you know, non-favorable moments. Um, but it did take me back. I'm like, dang, Scotty was kind of either MIA or he, he, just, he just sometimes just there in the big moments for Michael. But then when you when you put it all in a in a in a vacuum and think about his the totality of his career, Scotty's good definitely outweighs his bad. But you know, I had kind of forgot about you know the back issues, and but he was out there, and he was he was fine. He gave it everything he had in that game six. Um, but it's not too. Uh, I don't think I, I appreciate how they highlighted all the, the negativity um, of Scotty because even MJ said it. If there were no Scotty, there would be no Michael, and they both admitted that. So um, right, you know, definitely think that. I don't know, Chris could have done Scotty a little bit better from that standpoint. Um, two more things. Ryan Thorpe pulled off on himself, okay, at the very end. How are you going to try to say that you were going to, or you did offer for Phil Jackson to come back after you had already allowed your GM to tell him at the beginning of the season you could go 82 and 0 and still not come back? So, ladies, I wanted to get your opinion on that real quick um, because I thought that, that was a very cowardice move on Ryan Thorpe to try to put it off on the fact that, you know, he wouldn't have had the money. So, find the money, okay? He owned the White Sox, too. At the time, the White Sox, they weren't really doing anything. You paid Michael his $3 million even when he wasn't playing basketball. So don't tell me you couldn't come up with the money. I just, I, just, I don't believe that. Um, but now you want to try to say that it was too hard to keep hold of everybody, which I know it would have been a tightrope. It would have been a different, you know, it would have taken some Houdini effort. But don't tell me that it couldn't have been done. But you want to try to bring Phil back at the end of the season after you've already told him that he's out the door. And then finally... I want to know what type of gum MJ chews. Is it getting a sponsorship gum? Because I just need to know. That brother was chewing on that gum like it was no. So I just, I need to know MJ. What what was his what was his type of gum did he got? Okay. <laughs> what would that be? 
what were your thoughts though when you heard of uh, when you heard Ryan Storff talking, saying that you know Phil could have come back, but he chose, and then the fact that he made it a point to say that Phil chose not to come back. Do you blame Phil for not coming back, um, Terry? We'll start with you. I I do not blame Phil for not coming back, and like I say, to me it was just a uh, it was a uh, cowardly move move because you know he's willing to separate the team whether they. You know they win or they lose, but it looked. You know if they won, he was going. He's already told Phil. You know that that's it. You right. know, and then at the end, you want to turn around and and have him to come back. I wouldn't have came back. I don't care what kind of money you offered me. I would not have came back. But it, it was it was not right. You yeah. know, it was like a spit in the face. You know, spit in the face. And to answer. Uh, your question, as far as MJ gum, he chewed. I think he's chewing the same gum that the Seahawks uh, coach chewed. Because what's his name, Carol? Because he be chewing the, he be chewing, Yeah, he be chewing that guy that gum. And I said he's chewing the same gum that Michael Jordan is, is chewing. <laughs> yes, oh my goodness, that's funny. Hey Lou, what were, what were your thoughts on what Ryan said? They're trying to offer Phil Jackson the job at the end of the season. Uh, Carol, I just, uh, I would say, poo-hoo, poo-hoo, I would say that. Um, I wouldn't have taken it uh, because, like I said, y'all treated them so badly. You know, but people do that because all they're looking at is money down the road. We, we can win another seven. You know, we can get, because Michael felt like they could have got seven, seven uh, championships. But you would have been nice if they had three-peat. That would have been nine championships in a row. Woo! But anyway, but he felt like they could have gotten seven. But it's just that you know, when you when you get a bad taste in your mouth when someone treats you a certain way, it's like it doesn't matter what happens. Money, it, it doesn't. It I don't care how much money they offer you. You know, it's just like you don't want to be a part of that because you got a whole season with these idiots. You know what I mean? And and knowing that they don't care for you, and if if, if it was, and all you got to do is do one thing, and you have to do it anyway. So it's like you know, he, he did the right thing. You know, he he was very classy with. You know, leaving like that. I was glad the way it ended with all of them. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, it wasn't going to be any love um, for any of those guys once you know once Phil was gone. You know what I mean? See, they they released Rodman right away when when Phil you know when he left. So it's like um, you know it was best for them to move on. I mean, you you know a ship when it's sinking, it's best to just move on or you know and get out of situations that's not really um, pleasant. And it's not for your benefit, you know. So, oh, and not and talking about the gum. I I don't even know how you could be chewing gum like that and playing. Cause it seemed like he'd be biting his his cheeks, his jaws on the inside. But it didn't bother him. Then he'd be licking his tongue. He always he's known for licking his tongue out, though. He's he's known for that because he always like when he does something. But just seeing him, you know, Michael wasn't always the the, the tallest guy out there, the biggest guy. But it was like uh, he brought attention to himself because of the things that he did, you know, the plays that he made and how mm-hmm. determined he was, you know. So uh, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him. I really do. Yeah, great. Shout out to Aunt Karen. I see you in the house. Bethany, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. And Karen says, I'm late, but I made it. That's I, Like I said, as long as you get here, we, it, it doesn't matter. Brian says, all of the management has gotten cocky and messed up the team. And that is true. You know, I don't necessarily know if they got cocky, Brian. I think Krause always had a chip on his shoulder. And he, you know, he was the first one to always say it was management, it was the organization, um, just never giving the players, I felt, their just due of what they brought, you know, to the court. Um, 
But, yeah, he, you know, he just got in his mind that it was time to move on from Phil Jackson. I don't know why, because the Bulls have done nothing since then, and Phil Jackson went on to win five more championships. But um, I don't want to – I want to get into that in just a bit because I do have some some audio I want to play. But right now, let's go ahead. I want to um, – I wasn't – some audio from Horace Grant. So for those of you who may not know, like I said, Last Dance is all wrapped up. Um, and now Horace Grant, he was the power forward – uh, for the Chicago Bulls, the first go around, the first three peak, and um, he was speaking on, uh, let's see, Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 in Chicago on yesterday. And so let's take a listen here. I want y'all to. I hope y'all can hear this, but let's take a listen to see what Grant had to say. That is a, a downright, outright, completely lie, 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 lie. And as I stated, if MJ has a grudge with me, let's settle it like, man, let's talk about it, or we can settle, settle it another way. But yet and still, he goes out and put this lie out that I was the source behind. Like my point is that he called, he said I was a snitch. But yet and still, after 30 or 35 years, he brings up uh, one of his teammates' room, which one of his teammates' room, and saying coke and weed and women. What's that got to do with anything? If you want to call somebody a snitch, that's a damn snitch right there. Hmm. Well, let's see. Huh? I don't know if you guys were able to hear that. I do apologize. Um, the, the, the the audio was a little bit low there. But um, he just went on to say that um, Michael basically was snitch. You know, if we saw episode, I think it was four, um, where they were asking or they were talking about the book by Sam Smith on the Jordan rules, and they were talking about somebody had to have given Sam Smith that information, and Michael Jordan clearly said it was Horace Grant. Now, how he knows that for sure, we'll never know, but he was adamant that it was Horace Grant. And then Horace came back and said that, you know, I haven't told him anything. But um, he said that, you know, if anything, MJ is a snitch because he went and told what was happening with his teammates his very first year, talking about how when he went to the hotel room and there were drugs and, and, and paraphernalia and stuff like that, um, trying to say that MJ was finished because why did he feel the need to tell that information? Um, also, um, basically, Horace was trying to say that 90% of what MJ was saying was not fact. Um, we all know that this, the last dance, was the uh, opinion, and it was from the point of view of Michael Jordan, um, hence why he narrated it. And so, uh, but basically just trying to say that, um, you know, Horace was like, it wasn't a true documentary because it was only one-sided, basically. Um, and then he just went on to say a couple of things about, um, like, the previous incidents that they may have had or whatever. But, ladies, I just really want to get your um, opinion on um, the fact that Horace is speaking out, um, I do want to say this. He said during the interview um, in regards to the fact of Michael accusing Horace of being the, the so-called, um, like, I don't want to say informant, but the source, quote, lie, lie, lie. If MJ had a grudge with me, let's settle this like men. Let's talk about it. Or we can settle it another way. But yet still, he goes out and puts this lie out that I was the source behind the book. Sam and I have always been great friends. We're still great friends. And he went on to say, it's only a grudge, man. I'm telling you, it was only a grudge. And I think he proved that during this so-called documentary, when if, when if you say something about him, he's going to cut you off. He's going to try to destroy your character, end quote. So, ladies, if you 
your overall thought of Forrest Grant coming out um, with these thoughts um, and opinions after, you know, the, the documentary has, has wrapped up? And um, what, where do you think is, what is fueling um, these comments as well? Um, hey, Luke, we'll start with you. I really don't know about that one. Now, that's a good question. Forrest is saying Michael is a snitch. Mm-hmm. You know snitches get stitches, and then they get then they get thrown in ditches. That's a, that my little niece said, snitches get stitches, but I added, and they get thrown in ditches. Okay, so remember right. that, y'all. So uh, I don't know um, if that's true, um, but, um, you know, there could be some validity. I don't know. But but I just know with Michael, if Michael was the number one star, so, you know, they're going to kind of cater to Michael regardless. Right. And so it would kind of behoove you to, to, to try to get along with him. You might not like him. Because, like I said, I, I thought from day one that the boy was a bully. Bully, bully, bully. That's it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, but he, but he was, he, he did, he, you know, he was an excellent player and stuff like that. But uh, I would just say, you know, try to get along. Because you can, you can get along right and King. Then we all just get along. You can get along and just uh, – uh, you know, play and stuff, but you know, you you guys go your separate ways or whatever. So I really don't know if if Horace is telling the truth or not. But isn't this kind of old though? You know, maybe he should have kind of. Maybe they need to talk and iron this out because he sounds a little bitter and angry. Mm. Okay. All right, Terry. What do you think? Is fueling these these thoughts, and do you have a problem with you know with him coming out and saying saying anything after the documentary? Overall, my thought is that it's tacky. First of all, it's tacky. And if you got a beef with someone, you need to contact that person and try to resolve the issue. Why do you want to come out and publicize it? We don't even know if it's true. We don't know the truth behind it. It's just mm-hmm. your word against his word. So to me, it's tacky. You you, you just don't handle uh, being in the, in the spotlight. You just don't handle things like that. Hmm. You You just don't. And I have a problem with that. Okay. Well, all right then. I, you know, I'm I'm a little, I'm surprised, I guess. Because, um, I, I guess it goes, you know, I'm surprised. But then I have to commend the Bulls of the first, the first go around, the first three piece, because it seems like there was some animosity there the whole time. I mean. Uh-huh. So we don't know what was going on off the court, so to speak, but you can kind of tell. If you think that if, if Michael is so adamant thinking that Horace Grant was the one that told Sam Smith all this information to put in a book, but yet still you can come together on the court and produce three championships, that speaks to the level of dedication that you have. It's like, okay, I'll deal with that if I choose to deal with it off the court, but right now we have a job to do and we're going to accomplish the goal. So it kind of goes to, the, I guess, the, the – uh, the fact of how they were able to, you know, put all those the differences aside if they had them and go out and, and, and win championships. But then it's just like this is dysfunction that had to been going on behind the scenes. Um, and I'm just really surprised because I thought that they were really a team. Um, so I guess I'm a little disappointed to see, and, and maybe this has just transpired since, but I, I don't think so. I, I don't think you're going to just change your, your views and thoughts on a person after you've um, Air, you know, seeing a 10-part documentary. But I don't know. I just think that, again, it just goes to the the, the uh, professionalism that they were able to display going through that, that first three-peat there. Um, but I'm sad, though. I, I'm sad to, to hear these thoughts and, and to know that these are the feelings of Forrest Grant because 
I really thought that they were just, you know, part of a um, made history, you know, uh, NBA history. Um, but I tell you what, ladies, let's put, put a pin in right here. We're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break, and then on the outside of this, we will dive back into this because um, Horace is also speaking on Scottie Pippen as well. So we definitely want to chime in on that. Uh, Aunt Lou kind of touched on it already, but we, I want to talk about that seven. Michael says that had they been given that opportunity, that they would have gotten seven because he feels like the team would have come back. So we'll talk about that. So much more left with the show. And also the Rooney Rule. Is it becoming a joke in the NFL? So a lot more. You already know how we do it. You know we have to do our roll call. It's all my ladies in the house. Aunt Lou. Present. Terry. <laughs> Please some please some ready to pick it up and take off once again. And we will do that right after the break. LL Sports Two with the ladies. We'll be right back after the break. That your hat can't fit ya Either I'm with ya or against ya Format bench ya Back through that maze I sent ya Talking to the rap inventor The game type this, that flame right Spell my name right B-I-double-G-I-E Ice out, lights out, me and Steve Leo Getting for some chick he know See it's all about the cheddar Nobody do it better Going back to Cali Strictly for the weather Women and the Sticky green, no seat, please. Papa ain't soft, dead up in the hood. Ain't no love lost, got me mixed up. You drunk them licks up, mad cause I got my d- and my forfeit. The game is mine, I'ma spell my name one more time. Check it, it's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow, recognize the real dawn when you see one. Sipping on booze in the house of blues. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali. Uh, I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. If I got to choose the coast, I got to choose the east. I live out there, so don't go there. But that don't mean I can't rest in the west. See some nice in the west. Smoke some nice sets in the west, y'all. It's a mess, thinking I'm gonna stop. Giving LA props. All I gotta beef with those that violate me. I shall annihilate me. Case closed, suitcase filled with clothes. Linens and things, I'll begin things. People flash, 818, 213s, 313s, BIG, frequently flossed. That rock goes. If I wanna sister, take her to Fat Burger. Spend about a week on Venice Beach. Sipping Crisco with some freaks from Frisco. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali. Uh, I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali. Uh, Cali got. Models on the runway, scream, biggie, biggie, give me one more chance. I'll be whipping on the freeway, the NYC way, on the Sally Sally with my homeboy Lance. Pass hands from left to right, only got five left to light. I'm set tonight, better be the Versace store. Set you sucker till I ain't got no more, only in L.A. Bust on the 
ballet, rub it in the tummy, lick it, say it's yummy, the f*** your man, what's your plan, is it to rock the tri-state, almost gold, 5G's a show date, or do you want to see about seven digits, hold exquisite, Cali, great place to visit, I'm going, going, back, back to Cali, Cali, I'm going, going, It's no secret. Ladies love sports, too, with TJ. If you ask all the guys who won in 98, Steve Kerr, Jeff Bushler, blah, 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 we give you one-year contract to try for seven. You think they would have signed? Yes, they would have signed. Would I sign for one year? Yes, I would have signed for one year. I've been signing one-year contracts up to that. Would Phil done it? Yes. Now, Pip, you would have to do some convincing, but if... Phil was going to be there, if Dennis is going to be there, if MJ was going to be there to win our seventh, Pip is not going to miss on that. Mm. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. That was MJ speaking on uh, The Last Dance, talking about, you know, and he, and he said that that will always eat at him, you know, could they have gone for the seventh championship. But he says that he believes that the team could have come back um, he knows that it would have taken some convincing for Scotty, but he feels like if Phil, if Rodman, and, of course, MJ were back with the team, um, that he would have just for sheer ego or just wanting to see if they could accomplish it to run it back for seven. So, ladies, my question to you, um, do you think with everything that – it's kind of a two-part question. Do you think that everything that Scotty had been dealing with with the organization up until that point, remember – he had sat out that 1.8 seconds because he was upset that Phil had, you know, kind of, you know, uh, taken him out of his moment, so to speak. But he did come back, um, you know, for the for the second three-peat. Uh, also remember he sat out um, the beginning of um, that this, this season because he didn't want to mess up his summer um, with rehabbing. So coming into the 98 season, he, he took off because of contract dispute. Um, so, you know, Scotty was very disgruntled. Um, so do you think that Michael could have gotten him to come back for a set for a run for the seventh? And do you think that the Bulls could have accomplished winning that seventh title? Uh, Terry, we'll start with you. Miss oh. Terry. Oh, I'm sorry. I hit I was on mute. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I do I agree with my <laughs> I agree with Michael. I do believe that, you know, if Phil had stayed and they went for the seventh, um, uh, round seven, I think, would have won. And I think that, you know, it wouldn't have been that hard to persuade Pittman to come back, even though, you know, it was some challenges, you know, throughout um, the game. But I think that he would have came back and uh, they, they could have won that seventh. Championship. Okay. All right. Hey, Lou. Uh, do they get paid more money when they win the championship? Do they get a bonus or something like that? 
But, you know, I was wondering if they got some money Because, you know, if you done played all year on your regular salary If you don't win the NBA championship You should get something extra Don't you agree with me, Miss Terry? Can I get a whoop, whoop? Whoop, whoop That's what I'm saying Yeah, I don't know if they For winning the championship ain't losing I know they have in their contract Like if they make the all-defensive, you know, team Stuff like that um, Of course, defensive player of the year You know, those accolades like that Rookie of the year, stuff like that that's in their contract. But as far as winning a championship, I don't think that they would because that's something that's kind of like out of your control to win a championship. But I don't know. That's a good question. I have to look it up. Yeah, so, uh, and, well, I think that possibly they could have won the seven if everybody got – Pippen would have had to get get his back, you know, get his back together. And I think that they could have made, maybe added one or two other players on there. You know, on the team uh, because they are they were older. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to have some backup sometime. And if Robin Robin probably would have stayed another year, I'm sure, because he just Phil and Michael they just he, they just let him do whatever he wanted to do. You know, they they understood him. Well, Phil understood him better than anyone. But Robin was that he's a beast out there on that field. But uh, I think that possibly they could have won a seven. They wouldn't have repeated, uh, you know, with three games, but three championships. So they could have got, you know, won that seven one. I think so, you know, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. I I think it would have been very difficult to bring Scotty back, but I do think just the, the thought of being able to obtain that seventh, um, I do think he would have eventually, you know, given in. But all of them would have had to have returned. Uh, I think Robin would have stayed just because, you know, maybe it was a challenge. Now, I don't know. He probably would have ran off, uh, ran off to Africa during the middle of the season. Uh, <laughs> no, in the 70s. But, uh, I don't love that. He like he's just going further for the first two Vegas, then he went, you know, to do the rest of it. So he probably would have left the country on this one. But uh, he took it to the Um and as far as winning that seven, I think it would have been very difficult. The only thing I think, that, um, well, not the only thing, but what would have been going for them was, if y'all remember, in the 99 season, that was a shortened season due to the lockout. Now, I don't think going into that 99 season that they knew that they were going to have a lockout, so they wouldn't have known, you know, going into it, okay, we're only going to be playing 50 games. Um, so I don't know if the tables would have turned in the in their favor in that regard. But had it still been a lockout season, I definitely think that they would have won a seven uh, because the Indiana Pacers, they lost to the Knicks coming out of the East that year. There's no way the Pacers should have lost to the Knicks. Knicks were even without Patrick Hewing in that, um, in that 99 season. Um, and I'll be honest with you, the Indiana Pacers, they gave me nightmares. I was really concerned when my Bulls went up against the Pacers in that 97-98 uh, season because the, the Pacers were loaded. They really were. They were a dynamic yeah. basketball team. And if anybody could have taken it, it would have been, it would have been the Pacers. So um, just knowing that they would have been, you know, coming back, they would have been a year, a year under their belt as well. Um, but you can never underestimate a man like Michael Jordan. And I think that he, you know, they would have tried to prove Tina that you know we might be old school, but we want to let y'all new school know that we still in charge. Because that weren't the twins on the Pacers team, the Jordan twins. What team were they? No, it was, 
You know, it was the Davis brothers, but they weren't actually brothers. They just had the last name Davis. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they weren't okay. actually brothers. They both had the last okay. name Davis. But um, but you know, they weren't yeah. they weren't a young team. Really, the only young youngster they had was Jalen uh, Jalen Rose at the time. But you know, um, uh, what was it? Mark. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, used to coach for the for the Gold State Warriors. Uh, oh Lord, I'm drawing a blank. Um, What's the poison? Oh, I keep thinking somebody hit me up online. Um, I keep wanting to say Mark Price, but that's from the from the from the um, Cleveland uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. But anyway, so the the Indiana Pacers so they they were loaded, and Mark Jackson. I forget the boy had my last name. Lord have mercy. But yeah, Mark Jackson. They had um, you know, of course Reggie. They had Lizzie and the Davis brothers, Smith. Um, they had Mullen, Chris Mullen. So they were. They were would have been a force to be reckoned with, but again, they lost to the Knicks, so they couldn't have been too good. Anyway, <laughs> but I do think that eventually they probably could have um, could have gotten you know Scotty to come back. Um, Ryan Stork would have had to have found some money, you know, he had to find him some money like JJ used to do back in the day in good times. Um, but I do think that um, if they would have had the opportunity, they definitely could have run it back for seven. It would have been it would have been tough though, because that '98 season it took like it, it took every last bit out of the Bulls to, to get that accomplished. But um, I think it was just the weight. That's that's a heavy weight, to, a burden to carry when you know it's your coach. And you know it's your last go-around because you don't want to play for another coach. And then you want to go out on top, you know, winning winning the championship. So, um, But it would have been fun to watch, though. I, I, I definitely I can say that. But I'm kind of glad that they didn't because now, you know, they go off with the mystique, you know, could they have – you know, would they have? But regardless, they do have the two three-peats that no team has ever accomplished. So, that's my Chicago Bulls. They just go down in history regardless. But, um, yep. So, um, ladies, real quick, I want I want to uh, re, re-touch on the Horace Grant situation because Horace did come out and say that Scottie Pippen was actually pretty disturbed with his portrayal and just the overall docu-series of The Last Dance. And I wanted to let you know because um, on first take today, Stephen A. Smith, he did say that he had spoken with Jordan, and Jordan told him that Scotty was able to view the whole series in its entirety before it aired. They talked about it. Scotty said nothing to the effect that he had a problem with it. Now, all of a sudden, he seems to have a problem with it. Problem. And if he does, Saying that he didn't in the beginning, do you think that he's allowed other people to have a problem with it for him, and now all of a sudden he has an issue? Um, hey, Luke, what's up with you? Yeah, he could have been influenced if he didn't have a problem. Because, you know, I didn't know his character. I didn't, I didn't really know too much about Michael Norris Scottis, but I didn't know that his his character was, was the way they portrayed it in there, if, if that's true or not. I thought he was a little, you know, and sometimes he could have been a little weak or, he, you know, you just kind of give up. But I would have fought more for my money, you know, and he didn't do that or, you know, made a stand or something. But uh, but, but if, if if he didn't, if he saw it already and didn't say anything, then I don't, that could be just somebody, a rumor or what, I don't know, you know. But I just think people need to speak up when they don't like something. Right. Uh, okay. Terry? I agree with Miss um, Lucinda because I mean I find it hard to believe he just sit there and watch the whole documentary and he didn't have a problem with it. 
he probably had people, you know, rumors uh, or either hear, you know, hearing people talk about it or say certain things about it, and then he decided, you know, to have a problem with it. But mm-hmm. I'm like, Miss Lucinda, if you got a problem with something, speak up about it. Don't wait until the fume hit the fire, and then mm-hmm. you want to talk about it. You know, just go ahead and nip it in the bud, as, as my grandma would say. I know that's right. Uh, Rashad says, it's funny how Patrick Ewing went to the finals twice and lost. Reggie Miller went to the finals as well and lost. You better say it. They definitely had their opportunities to win a a championship, and they, you know, dropped the ball. Um, So I I definitely agree with you on that. Shout out to Tony. I see you in the house. Tony Maddox, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Um, You know, Scotty needs to go sit down. If all of a sudden you have a problem, with how you are being portrayed um, in The Last Dance, and you saw it before it aired for everyone else to see. Yeah, like, you know, uh, I love that word, um, influence. I was trying to think of that. So thank you for that, Aunt Lou. But, yeah, if you are going to allow other people to influence your decision, that just shows uh, a weakness in, in, in your character, I, I believe. And if for no other reason, um, Scotty really doesn't have a leg to stand on because, in the documentary, in your own words, Scotty Pippen, in your lowest moment in basketball, you were asked if you had the opportunity to do it all over again, would you? And you said that you would. I think that speaks volumes uh, because you've had time to, to, to go over that, to rethink that, to relive that. Um, and in that moment, you know, you say that you were sorry or whatever, you know, the, in, in the words of uh, um, the old days, you cried together. Said you cried, but um, you still want to. You would you would react the same way by sitting out. So, um, if you have a problem with the way the docu series made you look, I think your own words work against you uh, more than anything in, in the docu series could have done. So, um, right, you know, that's guess, right. With you know, with that being said, they didn't they didn't show Scotty in, in the highest of light, uh, you know, throughout oh. the series, and and his his good definitely outweighed his bad. What he brought. To um, you know, to to the Chicago Bulls and that legacy, but you know there were just a few times where he he dropped the ball, and I guess they decided to to talk on that. Um, in regards to Horace Grant, so I will say this: um, we all know that the Last Dance was a docu series. It was supposed to have been mainly focusing on the ninety seven ninety eight season when they won their sixth championship. However, they did revisit the first three peats, Michael's past you know, a couple of other players, you know, they're, they're um, growing up in history and stuff like that. So I'm thankful. You know, I'm glad that it wasn't just a documentary on the last season. But with that being said, you did interview a lot of people, a lot of players from the first three peaks, um, and you did focus a lot on what Dennis Rodman brought to the second three peaks, um, his, his impact on that. I do wish they would have given Horace Grant a little bit more prop because it was not just Michael and Scotty. It really was the big three in that first three piece. Horace Grant was the man. He really was. As far as his defense, he had a sharp 20-foot jumper. He was pretty much money. Anytime, you know, he, he had his little sweet spot. He didn't care if he was on the left or the right. Just in that 20-foot range, that, that jumper was good. And he was like a high 70% foul shooter. So he brought a lot of intensity. Now, don't get me wrong. He, you know, you hit him upside the head, he's going to fall out. He's kind of like the first LeBron in that instance. <laughs> uh, 
you know, he'd he, he fall out in a minute. <laughs> but once he got himself back together, you know, he was a force to be reckoned with on that day. But um, so I, I do wish that they would have given him a little bit more props as far as what he brought to that first three-peat instead of just, you know, having him come in saying that he was snitching and all of that. But um, I don't know. Overall, though, uh, with you ladies, I, I give the, the series a 10. Um, I thought it was a phenomenal job. And um, I didn't, uh, didn't know if you ladies knew this. Um, they had the director, Jason Hare, he was the director of The Last Dance. He was on um, Scott uh, Scott Van Pelt. Scott, uh, I'm sorry, Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center after dark on Sunday. And before the quarantine, just a little you know fun fact for you. Before the quarantine, they had four episodes done in totality, so they only had four. Remember, The Last Dance was supposed to air in June, but they moved it up due to the pandemic and everybody everybody being in quarantine. But the um, so the the last dance was in totality only had four episodes finished. So that means that they had to, you know, the last couple of episodes. And if you notice, in the first, what, two or three weeks, those first, like, one, two, three, four, probably five episodes, the music, like the soundtrack that went along with all the highlights, it was jamming. It was pumping. It just got you. The music got you, like, pumped up as well. And it wasn't so much towards the end. And I wondered about that. Well, now we know. So they finished the last two episodes within just within the last eight weeks, and episode 10 actually did not wrap up until Thursday. So they just wrapped up episode 10 on the previous Thursday. So there's po- there was a possibility that they could have had a different ending. But they said, though, they had a big cork board, and what they had, they had the outline of the docuseries all lined out. So they knew what footage was going to go in what episode. It was just a matter of, getting it in, editing it, and, you know, having the, the finished product. Um, NBA Entertainment, they shot 500 hours of Bulls footage. Um, and, Michael, he had final approval on when the footage could be used. They conducted three interviews with Jordan for The Last Dance, and they conducted over 100 interviews for, the to- you know, for total um, for The Last Dance. Um, so, ladies, just, you know, just your overall thoughts on just knowing that The Last Dance wasn't actually complete when it began to air um, on April the 15th. Whoever wants to go. Wow. Actually, that's just awesome, to, you know, to get everything, you know, done, completed, and all those hours. Just think about all those hours, 500 and some hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. And Luke? I um I think they did a, a a great job of wrapping it up. I mean that coronavirus is is, is messing with everything, huh? Can you say coronavirus go away? But no, they, yes. it was it was really it was really good. I didn't really the music. I guess there was a difference in the quality in the last few shows, but it was just looking at it and then knowing this is going to be my last time seeing anything. You know, seeing this. You know. So I have those two still. Uh, they, I recorded them, and I still have them. I don't know if I'm delete them now or not. But um, yeah, it was just it's just awesome, you know. And the, and I like the trivia questions and things that they had, you know, and you know, and, and the little commercials in between. I mean, it was it was really good. Whoever the, the writers did a great job on it. They really did. And Michael, like I said, 
He is he is a very successful person. He's in that's that's why I succeed. He had a lot of quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. But he's uh like I said, he's a he's he's a superstar. Yeah, he's one of a kind. He so his dad is. would have been proud of him. That he is definitely. Definitely. You know he's he's looking down. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. And so, just if, if you didn't already know, if you needed any additional proof, this is just concrete, in stone, etched in stone of why MJ is the best ever. Let me just run down the stats here as quickly as I can. Six and O series record in the finals. Six finals MVPs. MJ's six finals MVPs are three more than anyone else in NBA history. Most wins in the finals round without a loss by an MVP in the NBA, NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball history. It covers all of the, uh, all of the entities there. Highest career scoring average in, the N- in NBA history. He had 30.12 points per game in the regular season. Uh, only coming in second is Wilt Chamberlain with 30.0. Uh, Jordan's average of 33.4 points per game in the playoffs is the best ever. Jordan made four go-ahead field goals in the final minutes in the finals. All four of his shots came against the Jazz, 2-97-2-98. Jordan averaged 29.3 points per game in his first playoff series. Only rookies with more points per game in their first playoff series, Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He beat seven, count them, seven different 60-win teams in the playoffs. He's tied with Pippen for that um, for that feat right there. Six seasons with at least 2,000 points and 200 steals. Um, Jordan's six seasons exceed the total of all others in NBA history. In NBA history, y'all. Um, Jordan made nine game-winning buzzer beaters in his career, uh, most game-winning buzzer beaters in NBA history. That does include the playoffs. Ten scoring titles, that's three more than anyone else in NBA history, three more than the closest, uh, next closest player, which is Wilt Chamberlain, and that's since the NBA, um, ABA merger in 1976. Jordan led the NBA in scoring in seven straight seasons. Um, his streak of 87 through 93 is tied with Wilt Chamberlain. And, and just think of the people who he's tied with. Nobody recently, nobody even in his era. You have to go back to the, to the 60s and 70s. To who, who you can compare him with. So that streak, like I said, um, led, led, this, led the um, league in seven straight seasons, um, nine first-team all-defensive selections. That's tied for the most in NBA history. Also won the 1987-88 Defensive Player of the Year Award at the age of 24 years old. Um, the only player with a 50-point game in three decades. He had 19 in the 80s, 11 in the 90s, one in the 2000s. Um, he ended his Bulls career with 45 points and winning, like I said, his sixth title. Um, second most points in the finals, uh, that clinching, clinching win in history. Um, that is second to Bob Pettit. And then just this is, these are his accolades. AP Player of the Year, NCAA Champion, Rookie of the Year, League MVP, Finals MVP, Olympic Gold Medalist, League Scoring Champion, and 10-time All-League First Team. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. <laughs> he is the goat. He is. Yeah. Got to give him his props. Don't I'm hate not. people. Don't hate. 
<laughs> oh, goodness. Man. And to think that it's just, that's what I said. That's what I love about the documentary. It just takes you trip down memory lane. And for those who weren't here to witness him firsthand, man, I know you have LeBron. I know you had Kobe. There are some phenomenal players in the league now, um, more talented, um, more athletic, um, can do more, you know, I guess, as far as with their body's length, size, power. um, But there's no comparison. The boy could fly. He could fly. He just flew. That's why they had Space Jam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I even had to watch Space Jam. It was on TV, and I had to actually watch it. Yeah. And um, in case you were wondering what happened to the key players um, after the last dance, well, let's go ahead and run down their career. Uh, Michael Jordan, like I said, he retired for three seasons. He returned in 2001 to play two seasons with the Wizards. Wish he would have kept that, uh, kept stayed off the court. That's okay. He was trying to, uh, and he did eventually become an owner. He now owns the um, Charlie Bobcats. Uh, Phil Jackson, he did not coach in the 98-99 season, which was the shortened season. However, he did sign with the Lakers in 99, and he went on to win five. Count them, five more total. Lakers! is uh, a very feared champion coach, all right? Rodman mm-hmm. uh, only scored or averaged 2.4 points per game in 35 games um, after the, you know, the last dance. Um, he played with the Lakers um, and the Mavericks for two seasons, 97-98, a season piece. And for Scottie Pippen, um, he only averaged 11.5 points per game in the six seasons after the 98th season. Um, he did return to the Bulls uh, for the 2003-2004 season, but he did eventually get his money. Um, he made $88 million in his last six seasons. So for all that Scottie said that he wasn't going to do, never play in a Bulls uniform when he came back in 98, uh, said that he would never, you know, play for the Bulls again once he left and he came back, you know, 2003-2004. Um, and, you know, he actually became a uh, – worked in the, in the front office for the Chicago Bulls for a long time as well. He was definitely there during the uh, um, Derrick Rose era. So, um, what year What year was it, in the 2000s? Uh, the year that he returned back to the Bulls? Yeah, yeah as a in, – in administration? Yeah, he played for them in 2003, 2004, and then when he retired, he went to the front office after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I wonder if they paid him enough money. <laughs> you know, so hopefully he was he was satisfied because he he stayed. But you know, oh Scotty, we'll just we we hope that there's brighter days ahead for Scotty Pippen. All right. <laughs> so I tell you what, with that we're gonna go ahead and jump into another quick break, and then on the outside of this it will be time and be time for the best lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, Lucinda's lyrics will be coming up right after the break, so don't move a muscle. Here's the Gleesome Freesome, Harry, Ain't Lou, and TJ, and we will be right after break.
Classic Maxwell there, 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. And Maxwell will be celebrating a birthday coming up here soon. But right now, right now, what are we celebrating? We are celebrating the baddest lady in the land. When her pen hits that pad, yes, it is time for Lucinda's lyrics. Woo! She's been on fire. She's been on fire. So I can only wait. Miss Lucinda, what do you have on tap for us tonight? Good evening, fellow sports two. In episode nine, there was a rivalry between Jordan and Reggie Miller. Although he never backed down to Jordan, they played in some basketball thrillers. Miller said, never talk trash to black Jesus, because on the court, he would be the one to seize us. Carl Malone winning the 1996-97 MVP award motivated Jordan to strike the jazz like a musical chord. Jordan suffered food poisoning before Game 5 of the Utah Jazz, muscled up enough strength to win like he always has. Steve Kerr stepped up to the plate in the last two wins, and Michael slowly opened up to let him in. Both of them had dads that had been killed, leaving them fatherless, yet not unskilled. In Last Dance, Episode 10, the Chicago Bulls reigning dynasty ends. Dennis Rodman ran away with Hulk, the wrestler, to relieve his stress and be away from the daily hassle. In Game 6, Scottie Pippen had severe back pains. Used as a decoy, he never complained. They beat the Jazz in game six as Michael pulled out his last tricks. Stockton broke the tie with a three-point shot. Michael Steele and two baskets told them, you're not going to win this game. So the Bulls sealed their fame. They won six NBA championships in eight years. They bonded together and shed many tears. Bill Jackson was replaced and Rodman released. Jordan went back into retirement to regain his peace. Both Pippen and Kerr were traded, and the rebuilding of the Bulls team was celebrated. Michael Jordan's era advanced them immensely, opening up for the NBA to be in many countries, you see. NBA went from 80 countries in 1992 to 215. This little North Carolina, New York boy is still living his dream. Hey, whoa! I have so much to write about, and that's all I could put on. (laughs) Yeah, you did that, though. You did that. And it it is. You don't know what to do, you know. You have so much to choose from, you don't know, you know, but it's like your they just they just flow. I love it. I love it. Shout out to Horace T. He is a friend of Lucent Taylor Robinson and he is tuning in to the show tonight. Thank you so Horace much. He's from India, T J. Yes, sir. Shout out <laughs> to you. That's a long what time is it there right now, Horace? Hit us up. And Nina, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. Rashad says, Pippen always, oh, hold on, let me see if I can get the whole thing so I, can, so I don't have to. There we go. Woo. Pippen always flip-flop when it comes to MJ. You notice how when he used to be asked about him when they would do the LeBron and Jordan comparison, he said a few times that LeBron was better than Jordan. Stephen A. would go off on him saying that. 
I'm sorry, Stephen A. would go off of him saying that. Then once he started getting called out about it, especially being Jordan's former teammate, then he started changing his views. Tracy McGrady called him out on it once on TV. It was hilarious. You know, sometimes people, just, they don't have their own mind. And they just <laughs> blow between them. So hate it. That's a bad thing for a man, too. I, I cannot stand no inconsistent man. Oh, wait. Oh, you and me both. I'm not with it, girl. I'm with it. <laughs> oh, you blow with the wind. I'm going to go right on out, okay? Keep on blowing. <laughs> All right. So let's see here real quick before we get off of basketball. So, ladies, it looks like we're moving in the right direction here. Um, like I said, team facilities have begun to open up. Um, but there is a player, um, Larry Nance, Jr., he has, you know, taken to, um, you know, he wanted to voice his opinion, um, and he says that to, he spoke to uh, Wendy, um, Brian Winhorst of ESPN, um, that, you know, he's really concerned about the restart of the uh, NBA season. Um, he says because he does suffer a pre-existing condition, um, he does suffer from Crohn's disease, and so that does affect his immune system. Um, and he says that he hopes that the NBA would understand if someone is not comfortable playing. And he says, I quote, I'm still scared and don't want to get the virus, end, end quote. So, um, you know, I I can definitely understand his concern because we all know how serious that this virus is. Um, LeBron James, you know, he was just speaking on the uninterrupted, saying how they are ready to get back on the court. A lot of, you know, a lot of the teammates that he has, his whole team, and plus, you know, members of, of other teams saying how they are ready to, you know, get back on the court. But I think that everyone's feelings and, and concerns need to be addressed and and um, taken into consideration um, and know what to look down upon, you know, if they do decide to sit out. Um, but um, ladies, you know, I, I don't know if I've asked this question yet, but would you have a problem? This goes across the board, NBA, NFL. Would you have a problem if the majority of the tests maybe or if there were just an allotted amount of tests assigned to athletes to where they could have tests repeatedly on a regular basis in order for them to get out back on the field, back on the court, back to uh, sports. Would you have a problem if tests were, were t- made? I don't necessarily want to say that they're taken away from the everyday people, but if they had to be, you know, if there had to be a focus on giving them tests, would you have a problem with it? I, I don't, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, because, um, you know, they're out there, if they're out there playing and, you know, they around, you know, a lot of people and then with the teammates and so forth, they want to make sure that they're not, you know, spreading the virus or, you know, even taking it home to their family. So I wouldn't have a problem with it. All right. Angel. I totally agree with uh, Miss Terry. I wouldn't have uh, Mrs. Terry. Uh, I would not have a problem with it because we want to keep them safe and healthy and safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I absolutely, 1,000%. Agree. I don't care if they have to build a plant that produces tests just for athletes. If it, if that if they can do it, do it. Um, yeah. The I think that's the president's job to make sure that the, you know that the country is able to have enough tests, you know, so that, that the everyday people, you know, like like us, that will have enough. But if even if it takes tests away from 
you know, not not to six of six, don't get me wrong. But maybe if you're on a list, maybe you have to be on a list, I don't know. But I want the athletes to get as many tests as they need. Because one thing we cannot have is not having a football season this year. That's unacceptable. I know that. <laughs> it's unacceptable. You lied about so whatever that. Need. <laughs> In the words of, uh, what was that, Rocky Five, I think, you do whatever you have to do. But um, <laughs> you need to get tested. And um, they need to be able to be tested regularly. Uh, with no hesitation, because let's be real. When and if these teams and these these you know uh, these athletes get back out there, somebody is going to test positive for the coronavirus. That's just a given. Let's just go ahead and, and plan for it accordingly. So if That's right. you know, let's just uh, let's put a name out there. I, I, I want to put a name out there, and then it happens. So let's just say a member of the Rockets. Okay, so I, I, you know they go down. I'm okay. But a member of the pocket, if they get it, and if they share a locker with somebody, then, you know, maybe them two people can't play in the next game. And then, you you know, but uh, everybody else get tested, and if they have no symptoms, they get out there on the court. Um, whatever they need to do, though, start working on it now. I need to That's right. C, D, E, and F. Okay. Yep. I need to work on it. Yes. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the lady tonight on LL Sports Two. All right, y'all. So let's jump to the uh, to the gridiron here real quick. Um, ladies, have you heard uh, about the Rooney Rule being um, updated? Uh, there's been some changes made to the Rooney Rule um, in an effort to increase minority hires within the NFL. Um, I don't know if you ladies, but well, well, let me ask this. So, had you ladies been aware that the that there were been changes made to the, to the Rooney Rule? No. No. Okay. Did you hear about some incentives that they were trying to um, give the NFL teams to encourage them to hire more minorities in GM and head coaching positions? Had you heard about the incentives they were trying to uh, propose? No. no. No? Okay. Let's wow. go over that. Okay. We're, I'm going to go over what the um, what they were going to try to propose, and then we'll go over what the changes were. So they were trying to say that they were going to improve the third-round selection. This is all draft picks. This is how they were going to compensate teams who, if they hired a minority GM or head coach. So they would improve their third-round draft selection by 16 picks. So if they hired a, a GM of color, they would move up 10 spots. If they hired a minority coach, they would move up six spots. They would add a fourth-round compensatory pick um, by retaining the minority quarterback coach after one year. Um, they would add a third-round third round, compensatory pick by having a minority candidate leave for a head coaching or GM position on another team. So basically if they had someone of color that went and became a GM or a head coach, then they would receive, you know, a pick. So basically they were just trying to throw around uh, draft picks for people to hire uh, people of color in these prominent um, positions. So now with now what, what they've just oh, – Go on. What, okay. sparked, what uh, sparked this? Cause well, because there's not enough – uh, there's not enough diversity in the NFL front office. 
whether it's PM, whether it's head coaching, um, you know, there's just not uh, there's not a true depiction of diversity in the NFL. So yeah, you know, you, we know that, but I'm just saying maybe. I mean, but in in the um, NFL for its players, the majority are blacks, you know, and so why can't we have some blacks in, in the administration part? Exactly. So, that's, that's the question. So that's I think it's it, somebody. Question. Come on. Oh. Yeah. That we've been trying to since the sixth, basically. But um but that's why we supposedly had the Rooney rule in place in order to circumvent the good old boys being able to keep the good old boys in these positions. Um and uh-huh. and um what was his name? I am sorry, uh Combs, I think, or or Combs. He's on the um, NFL NFL PA um board. But he said and he brought up a very good point. Um if you think back to what was that, 2006, when we had the two black co- head coaches in the in the Super Bowl, it was Lovey Smith and um, uh, for the Colts. I'm drawing a blank tonight. Um, Lovey Smith and my man, head coach for the, for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, that was three years after, like the Rooney Rule was. Um, I don't want to say it was implemented, but we had another push, you know, for minority hirings and, and so forth. And so once they, like, revisited the Rooney Rule, three years later we had our um, black head coaches, um, you know, in, in the Super Bowl. And then after that, kind of tapered off, kind of tapered off, kind of tapered off. Um, just recently we had, what was it, at least six or seven black coaches in the league. Um, and then after they just Heavy sweep of firings. Now we only have a total of four, four minority coaches. I say. Well, we have three black, and then uh, Ron Vera. Um, um, he is um, no, not a, white. Exactly. Um, so now there's only four. Oh, was it Tony Dungy? Tony, yes, Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Yes, Tony Dungy. So Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith were in the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the Bears and the, and the Colts. So now, um, again, so it, it's all, it seems like it's revisited every three to four years where they try to bring it back that, okay, or bring to the bring to the forefront, where is the – so mm-hmm. now they're saying, and these are the changes that they implemented um, so as of yesterday because they are having holding the NFL meetings uh, virtually, of course, but um, so as of yesterday. So, one, teams must interview at least two candidates outside their organization for any head coaching job and at least one such candidate for coordinator role. Um, they've adjusted the anti-tampering policy to relax rules that have denied assistant coaches and executives interviews with other teams, i.e., we just had Eric Benemy of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, his team went to the Super Bowl, but so that means that he couldn't go on any interviews because his team was in the Super Bowl. So that's the rule. It's like you cannot approach or you cannot interview a potential head coach if they are still in the playoffs. So this, um, they've adjusted that policy. Uh, the Rooney Rule now applies to executive roles such as team president and senior executives in finance, legal, and marketing. So they're trying to open up now, you know, those positions to have minorities um, in them. And all 32 NFL teams will establish minority coaching fellowship programs. Wow. With that being said, um, yeah. like, no. do you feel no. that the Rooney Rule is just becoming a joke in the NFL? Whoever wants to jump in. Yes, I think it's a joke. And and uh, 
I know they want to train you as a coach, but black people, no offense, but we're, we're so talented, and everything we do, we do it well. No, You know, I'm not being arrogant or nothing, but we, because we always feel like that we got to be be better than anyone else just to, just to, to, to just to, not even to fit in, but just to, uh, to to be a part of something because, you know, they're so quick to, of all races, they want to, you know, uh, try to keep the black man down and the black woman down. So it's like, you know, all this training and stuff, some of them need to be trained, you know, they, you know, no offense, you know, but they want to train us. I mean, but sports and that kind of stuff, I mean, it's just, it comes natural to us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just think that, because uh, my whole thing is I was wondering if, you know, if these players wouldn't, the black players wouldn't start striking, you know, so they can get some black uh, uh, leadership in administration. So I'm glad that they, you know, trying to enforce it, but I, I totally agree with you. It's a joke, you know, and the good old boys just want to stay in charge because, look, if I'm administration, I can still rule over you, and you're going to do what I want. And if I decide I don't want to pay you, and if I want to fire you, I can do that. Like I fired all those people in the White House, you know, all those different people. You know, I just do what I want to do because mm-hmm. I'm white or orange, you know. So it, it just it don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, Terry? I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's a joke, you know. I really do. And it's, you know, I don't know, you know, to put attention, you know, out there as far as, you know, the minority, you want to give them the opportunity. But overall, you know, they're going to always be on top. They want to say, okay, well, let me tell them what to do. Let, we think this person should have this salary or, you know, let's, let's pick him. You know, I think it's, I think it's really a joke. I yeah. really do. And I'm sure if they hire a minority, their salary is going to be lower than everybody else in there. And they'll say, well, they're rookies. You know, they're just starting or whatever. But it's going to always be something. You know what I mean? It's it's going to always be something. God is going to have to be the one that uh, break down all this this stuff. You know what I mean? It's only it's going to be God. We see it now, and now we are starting to be bolder to speak out and not just you know and stand for something instead of falling for everything. But God is going to be the ultimate one that has to break it, and, and he's going to have to rectify the situation and make the wrong right. You know what I mean? And right. we just got to continue to keep on praying and keep on believing. And I just pray that I, I be here uh, to see a lot of this stuff change. I really do. Right. My, my, my baby will be 92, mama will be 91, so things can happen. I can live to be 102. I don't even know. But I just pray that uh, I'm here to see it. Yeah, because Lord Amen. knows I've been, you know, praying for. I think that the problem, uh, the, the major problem, is that you have the uh, let's just call it white owners, um, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. We have six women um, owners in the NFL. I don't know if people are aware of that, but they're white. So you mm-hmm. have the majority of there's 31, there's 32 teams in the NFL. 31 of them have you know white ownership, and it's just very evident that they are more comfortable. Um, I guess dealing with their kind, you know, it, 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 um, they have the ability to put who they want, where they want, when they want. And a lot of the problem that people are seeing is that, you know, even with the Rooney Rule, yeah, they may interview a person of color or a minority, but in the back of their mind, they already know who they're going to hire. Doesn't matter if they have any experience. Chris Kingsbury of uh, is a perfect example in the, for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if they have, uh, if they come from college, you know, high school, it doesn't matter. Um, a lot of head coaches that we've seen uh, being elevated didn't have any 
coordinator experience, i.e. defense coordinator or office coordinator before they moved up. So um, it's just it's very evident that they are comfortable putting people in the positions um, who they can identify with. Now, I'm not saying that, that black people should get the job just because they're black, because there are a lot of people that we know um, that, we, that have been proven they could be an awesome coordinator. Offensive coordinator, out the box. They can hit it out the park every time. Become a head coach, and they fall on their face. But we've seen right. We've also mm-hmm. seen black head coaches, Marvin Lewis, um, held the job for, what, 15, 16 years and never made it to – somebody has it on speaker because I, I hear the, the feedback. Um, had him never in made place it, what? 16 years and didn't make it to – you know, barely made it to – well, I shouldn't say barely made it to the playoffs, but never made it out the first round. So I don't want it to be like, you know, give us the job because we just don't get the opportunity. But I want the qualified people. I want the ones who deserve the opportunity to be able to have the opportunity. That's all we're asking for. You know, we all know the saying, we've had to be twice better to get half as much. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, all we're asking for is equal playing field, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what is it going to take to get to that point? I don't know. Because as we see, we keep revisiting the Rooney Rule. Well, how about we just implement the Rooney Rule from its, from its inception? We honestly give minority people an honest chance to get these positions. They are more mm-hmm. than qualified. Um, and I just... Uh, I don't know if by tweaking this and adding this and now everybody has to do a minority coaching fellowship program, is that just going to be smoke and mirrors as well? Um, I'm tired of them trying to put Band-Aids over a a, a gunshot wound. Uh, Mm -hmm. The NFL is sleeping when it's anti diversity. You know, and I I totally agree with you, Tina. I I Mm -hmm. totally agree with you because, you know, and even they can – and in most cases, they will go out and they will interview the minority. And like you say, they already know who they're going to choose. It's just like mm-hmm. corporate America. Corporate mm-hmm. America will interview you, and they already know who they're going to pick. You know, mm-hmm. already probably started the paperwork. But, you know, mm-hmm. just to say that they gave you the opportunity right. mm-hmm. so that right. you won't go to a you know, higher ranking and say, okay, well, I didn't get the opportunity. And and right. that's what I see them doing here. They probably go out and yeah and pick minority, but they will interview them and then just to say that they did it, and then right. they probably still won't get the job because you know, and a lot of times you know they they think you know we we are highly educated minority people and yeah. we have what it takes, but they want us to always be on the bottom and mm-hmm. not to the top. But there's a change, like as Lucinda said, you know, God is going to, you know, have to intervene. He's going to be the one to make that change. You right. Know? And and they always say in in agreement with that, um, you know, you over you overly qualified. You know, you know, some people have said that, you know, you go to an interview or something. Well, you're overly qualified, you know. But it's like overly qualified or not, you don't want me in there because my skin color is too dark. You know what I mean? didn't have anything to do with that. Cause wouldn't you want someone that's in there that, that, that knows something and you know that you can put and trust uh, uh, your company in their hands or something? You know, but it's just, it's always some type of excuse. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. always something. And it's getting yeah, old I mean, now. With the, with the NFL, is, you, I don't think you could ever be overly qualified to 
to, to be advanced into a GM position or even even a head coaching position. I mean, I just I just think that they they do it just to appease so that nobody can say, oh, well, you didn't even take a look at a minority. But that's getting old now. And so we have to be able to hold these owners. We have to be able to hold their feet to the fire. I hope this works. I hope this gets the ball moving in the in the right direction. I'm glad that it's still in the forefront, that people are bringing attention to it, um, and that hopefully these owners will begin to, you know, just begin to acknowledge that there is a problem and get out of their own comfort zone. But only time will tell. And, um, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see. But at least the conversation is still being talked about, and it's, it's Forefront. So, I think TJ, if the players actually start uh, protesting or either, uh, you know, um, saying some some of the, the the players, you know, like these, uh, like the LeBrons and these guys and the the, the good great players, uh, start saying something, then maybe they they might try to change something. You know, well, how come we don't have any color in the administration? You know what I mean? Because they've been vocal about things. Yeah, you know, it's not going to interfere with their money, but uh, you know, sometimes right. it takes certain people piece, to speak. Different piece, though. They they don't care yeah. who says. They they. That's totally, I said the NFL is a different beast when it comes to that. NBA, mm-hmm. you have a, you have one of the best commissioners, Davis. Uh, I'm sorry, not Davis Turn. Um, Adam Silver. He's one of the best commissioners, if not the best commissioner in all of major sports. Um, so, uh, but the NFL, that's a good old boys club. They could do what they want, how they want, and they've been doing it for so long. So they, their mindset, mentality is going to have to change. And yeah. we just need some, some of them out. I don't know. Yeah, you know, we're going to get what we want. If niggers, they're going to have to stay under us, and we're going to pay them what they want, they're going to jump whenever we tell them to okay, jump. Okay, ain't little break. I just had a flashback. Sorry, Miss Terry. I'm sorry. Y'all better stop me. Okay. okay. Crap, y'all. Yeah, that stop. was over flashback. Today was a rough day, but thank God I made it. I made it. I made it. Um, <laughs> we need you to come back, but I pray God's will that you will get better and you will recover. And Miss Lucinda, you know you have had a series, a series of uh, the Last Dance. I mean, you just those lyrics just off the chain, off the chain. And I hate we got to end end it there. Yeah. But that is a, that is a true talent. That is a true talent of yours. I love you, and I wish everyone a safe and blessed rest of the week and a happy, safe Memorial Day on Monday. Yeah. Tina, you did it again. That's an awesome show. Thank you, ma'am. The dialogue just kept it flowing. And you you said that uh, um, Michael Jordan, the last dance took you down memory lane. That music you played tonight, girl, took me down memory lane. Oh, <laughs> <right> now. <laughs> I'm like, but I love you. I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I was every Wednesday. I look forward to your show, even though I ran into some some uh, obstacles today. But as you know, mom, grandma used to say, sing that song, shake, 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 shake the devil off. 
and just keep All on right. moving. So I made it. But be fast. I love you. I love you right back. Hey, Lou. I thought she was going to say, shake your booty. I thought she was going to say that. But well, she went on, shake the devil off. Okay, so come back, Angela. Okay, I just want to say, Miss Terry, I do. <laughs> thank you for keeping me on track, because Lou will get off track in a heartbeat. Um, I just want you to know that I love you, and I thank you for your encouragement and everything and just your presence. TJ, she, I mean, she hit God, a gym. She found a gym when she found you, and I, I thank God for you. Um Janelle, 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 I'm just going to cry out. Janelle, 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 we really need you to come back because I don't have anyone to fight with. I can't fight with TJ. I can't fight with Ms. Terry, but I I need you to come on back. But I'm praying that you get well and and healed and and then you come on back maybe next week, I'm hoping. Um, And and before I say something to TJ, I just want to shout out happy birthday to my niece, Aaliyah, to Kia's, I mean, Tina's cousin. She, on May 26th, it'll be her birthday. Um, and, and then um, on May May 25th, we have uh, D'Angelo and Jessica's seventh uh, wedding anniversary. That's TJ's brother and my nephew. So I just want to give a shout-out to them and say, happy anniversary, you couples. Y'all, seven years. I'm so proud of you. Keep on. I want to see, turn that into 70 years. Time can, all right? Now, last but certainly not least, Tina, Denise Jackson, Denise's daughter and Lawrence Ray Jackson's daughter, my niece. Girl, the show was off the chain tonight. You, um, you're just getting better and better and better. I, I would every every week I think that you can't get any better, and you just you know you surprise me. And I just want to tell you that I love you so much, and and I enjoy. Uh, I look forward to Wednesday nights. Uh, you know, just just being a part of you women, and and just on the show, and learning so much about sports. And you know, I'm I'm able to answer questions to uh, to people when they ask me things now because I know I'm so knowledgeable now. I'm still a rookie, but I'm still not, but I'm knowledgeable. And I just want to thank you. Uh, for all your teaching and uh you know and just being there explaining things and even your uh deriding me at times you know I just want to slap you on the head but you know it's, it's, we're going to let it go <laughs> but I'm just going to say this I, you, you know <laughs> that's the thing I love you niece I love you so much and uh I'm so proud of you and I want you to keep on pressing on and keep on doing what you're doing and always be Tina Denise Jackson cuz you can't be no one else that's right I love you, ladies, so much. I'm so so happy that um you know we do this ride together. So thank you. I, I it does not go unappreciated, and it definitely does not go unnoticed from my side. So until next time, we'll be back next week. Lord say the same, but y'all be blessed. All right. All right. All right, ladies. Bye bye. Good night, Miss Terry. Eight two six seven nine four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. So we feature some birthdays tonight. Yes, we did. Oh, let me do. Sorry, Wednesday Wikipedia. I'm just rushing. Hey, I'm sorry. Wednesday Wikipedia tonight. What happened in the world of sports? Two thousand and six. Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants. He tied uh, Babe Ruth for second place with his seven hundred and four career home run. And then in two thousand and fifteen, the NFL announced that extra points would be kicked from the fifteen yard line. 
starting with the 2015 season. Can you believe that was only five years ago? All right. So that's your Wednesday Wikipedia for May the 20th. Um, all right, let's do the shout-outs for the birthdays. I was just so excited. Had some biggie, 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 give me one more chance. Yes, Christopher Wallace. So he would have um, celebrated his 48th birthday on tomorrow, May 21st. And then Maxwell, he's going to turn 40, 47 on May 23rd, all right? Cher returns, uh, she turns 74, bust around, bust a bust. He turns 48, and Notori Naughton, Tasha from Power, she turns 36 today. So happy birthday to them. Uh, shout out to Mr. Silicon Valley, to Marlon. Shout out to Ronbo of Ronbo Sports. Shout out to Marvin and Harold Chambers, the Chambers brothers. Shout out to Stephanie, Shanice, Morgan, Mara, Didi, Jackie, and Brianna. Of course, a great, big, huge, tremendous shout out to Aunt Lou for bringing the strength once again. I'm telling you, she all it took to was miss the one and two. And she was on it from their own out, just soared like a rocket. And I'm so glad. I'm just really glad that the ladies enjoyed um, the docuseries because I know they weren't too interested in the beginning. I could just tell. But I'm so glad that they um, just that they enjoyed it most of all. But um, but Aunt Lou, your lyrics just like I said, phenomenal um, as always. To Terry again, you no, know, didn't think she was going to be able to make it today, but I was. So happy, you know, to see that number um, again. You know, I know life, it happens, and, you know, things just come up. You don't feel well, life, you know, whatever it is. So I just appreciate you ladies for taking, you know, a couple hours out of your Wednesdays to share with us and the fans to talk a little sports. Um, it does not go unappreciated. And I love you ladies, and I thank you for what you bring to the show. Janelle, we miss you, and I just pray, you know, safekeeping, um, good health, uh, to you, and we can't wait to have you return. All right, happy birthday to my buddy, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tim Wilcox, Elder Wilcox. He's celebrating his birthday today. Uh, definitely shout out, uh, birthday shout out to my cousin, and an happy anniversary to uh, my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, celebrating on May 25th. All right, shout out to my daddy, Lawrence Jackson, to my brother again, D'Angelo Jackson, and last but by no means least to my mom, Miss Denise Green, just for everything you do for me, for LL Sports too, for holding me down, for lifting me up. Um, just thank you, Essie, and I love you. All right, y'all, so that is going to do it for the show tonight. We will be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 347-826-7924. Log on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Sports 2 or catch us live and in living color, Facebook Live. Tina D. Jackson is the name. All right, like I said, whether you listen 20 minutes, two hours, one hour, I thank you for your support. Um, I tell you just the fact that, you know, Never thought that, you know, if you told me 10 years ago that I would be doing this, um, uh, just I just thank God every day. All right? So thank you for taking time out of your schedules and your time, you know, to share with your girl, TJ. All right, so that leaves time for just one more thing. Wednesday, I'm Wednesday Wikipedia. I am just all over the place tonight. Whew, take a breath. TJ's motivational moment. All right? And, you know, we were talking about it earlier, um, you know, MJ's The Last Dance and just talking about, Horace Grant having something to say. Craig Hodges, um, he didn't come out speaking too highly of, of MJ. And, you know, that was one thing that Michael was concerned about with doing um, the last dance. He was worried about how people would view him, you know, seeing how he treated his teammates and, and what it took or what he thought it took, you know, in order to be successful. But one thing you can never do, especially with a person on his level, is doubt what got you there. You know, I, I love the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
So if that's what it took for him to reach the heights that he did, and I read off his stats, you know, you can listen back to, to the podcast. You can Google, you know, Michael, Michael yourself. But it takes a lot of sacrifice to be the best, and he was willing to do it. And he didn't think that you deserved to go along that ride if you weren't willing to put in the time nor the effort. So for all of those people who have something to say about Michael and his, his, his tactics, his antics, um, you know, just ask yourself, would you have been willing to, to do to, to put in that time, to, to sacrifice what it was that he did, his family, um, having friends, um, you know, just whatever he had to give up or sacrifice to become the very best. And it, it is, um, you know, it's everyone's judgment. Um, it is, you know, in the, in the eye of, of whoever is beholding the information. But for me, Michael Jordan will always be the best player that the NBA has ever seen. And I just, I'm just thankful that we were able to witness this, um, that they did this documentary, you know, for the Horace Grants and the Scottie Pippins. Um, you know, you have the right to tell your story the way that you see it. Um, but this was MJ's story. This was his life. Um, was he perfect? Absolutely not. Could he have done things differently? Should he have done things differently? Probably so. And he mentioned that. He admitted that. He even broke down at the end of Episode 7. But if there had been no Michael Jordan, would we have watched it? Would we have even cared? In 17 years, he's been out of the out of the league. 22 years, um, you know, since he's made you know championships and all of that, and he's still relevant. He's still on top. And even with the 10 part documentary, we still wanted more. If it was Scotty, if it was Horace, we wouldn't be saying that. But because of MJ, the black cat, black Jesus, call him what you want to, but you got to call him the GOAT, the best who's ever done it. I'm TJ, and that's my motivational moment. Until next time, y'all have a safe and happy Memorial Day. We'll be back next Wednesday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you back then. We'll see you then. Until then, be good to others. Be good to yourselves. But most of all, y'all be blessed. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.